I didn't even have a warning. Okay. Um, hello. Welcome to Spoken Views Annual Spooky Slam. My name is Elisa Garcia, and I will be your host for this evening. <laughs> First of all, I would like to thank Black Rabbit Meats for having us here. Please tip your bartenders, get some yummy drinks, give them a huge round of applause. They deserve it. Um, so yeah, so this is our poetry slam. I believe we have all of our judges that we need. Ellen, correct me if I am wrong. We've got everyone. Cool. We have our judges. We have our poets who are going to slam. If you've never been to a slam before, can you raise your hand? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. So my job is to teach you how to be a professional audience. So we're going to go through a little something, okay? Um, so first, I would like for you guys to... Do something that's very stereotypical, poetry slams. Can you guys snap? And if you can't snap, give me like a baby, like a golf clap. So these are what I like to call sexy raindrops. So give us sexy raindrops to tell us that we're doing something right, okay? If a poet says something and you think it just sounds so good, can you guys give me a good mmm, like you've got peanut butter on the roof of your mouth? If you're allergic to peanut butter, it's almond butter, honey, okay? So give me one more good mmm. All right, we're ready for that. And if a poet has just fucking become transcendent and you are losing your mind at what they're saying, can you guys give me a good, yes, poet? Yes, poet. Go in, poet. Go in, poet. Y'all are fucking professionals. You got this. Um, so I'm going to go over my stereotypical MC spiel that I have to do um, because it is very important. So um, welcome everyone today to the Say the Date Clearly, including the year. We ready? Uh, that is the Spooky Poetry Slam coming to you from Black Rabbit Meads. My name is Elise Garcia and I will be your MC for the evening. The Poetry Slam is a competition invented in the 1980s by a Chicago construction worker who is also racist, so we're not going to name him. Poets have a limited amount of time to present their work. The judges will then score the piece anywhere from 0.0 to 10.0, evaluating such qualities as performance, content, and originality. The high and low scores of each performance are tossed, and the middle three are added, giving the performer their score. Points are deducted for violating the time limit. Tonight, it's a little bit different. If you violate the time limit, we are not deducting points. Also, we're all doing the wheel of words, which means that you are going to do a random poem for the second round, or song of my choosing. And I wasn't very nice this year, so... Good luck. Um, so we beseech the judges to remain unswayed by the audience. Audience, try to sway the judges. <laughs> and score each poet by the same set of criteria, ignoring whatever boisterous reaction your judgment elicits. So let the judges and the poets know how you feel about the job that they are doing. But be respectful in your exuberance. There would be no show without them. Tonight's poems may deal with difficult subjects. If you need to step out, please do so quietly with respect to the poet that is on the mic. I'm going to give a full-on blanket trigger warning. People are going to talk about heavy stuff in their personalized poems. It is up to you to know your comfort level, and if you need to step out, please do so. We good? Okay. Yeah. Poets, I want to remind you, when you are up here, the moment you come on stage and start speaking is when your time starts. So I don't want you to give me a full story about what you wrote. I want you to come up here and own this mic. Okay? Got it? 
Okay, I will do some poetry a little bit later in this evening, um, but we're going to randomly pick the first poet of the first round. Oh, wait. Blood has not been shed. We need to have a sacrificial poet. That was my bad. My bad. So, please welcome... The Sacrifice is a poet that you guys are going to judge, but they're not going to compete in the actual event. Okay? So this is where you're going to base your judging. This is, this is your baseline. Okay? So we're going to bring up a sacrifice because it's Halloween and blood must be shed. Um, and so without further ado, I'd like to welcome Ian Watson. <laughs> All right, so this is based on my costume. <laughs> so, it was either become a camp counselor or flip burgers. No grease pit for me, and yeah, I know about the murders. But what's the best way for a 19-year-old to spend their hot summer days? Not grilling dead cow patties. I'm only here to pick up some babes. So the choice was clear, crystal clear. I'm here hanging at the lake with not one ounce of fear. Aside, it was one isolated incident, not like it's going to happen again. But if anyone wants to get rowdy, tell me the place and tell me when. But look, I just want to find a girl that's a hottie, explore the deepest parts of her mind and her body. Maybe take a midnight dip without clothes, pref possibly. I mean, a beat staying in the cabin playing boring-ass Monopoly. Plus, what's better than these great outdoors? I can work on my tan, hike, swim, and totally explore. All while getting late, I mean getting paid to do an honorable job. So here I am, Camp Crystal Lake Counselor, a.k.a. the heartthrob. It's going to be a killer summer, but not literally, I hope. I just know one thing. Don't fall asleep in the boat. Y'all hear that? Um, yeah, I'll be back. Uh, I need to get my baseball bat. All right, guys. So, my judges, if you can write your score down for Ian and hold it up so I can let my scorekeeper know, now would be, would be ideal. All right, scorekeeper, I have an 8, a 10, an 8.5, an 8.0, and a 6. Scorekeeper, did you get what you need? You're good? I didn't write those down. Okay. That's your... That pace, though, we good? Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, they should. All right. Typically, typically we do three minutes. We break in the law. We're not doing time limits. I mean, obviously, if you're going to be up here for 10 minutes, I might say something. Um, but yeah, so typically three minutes is your, is your, your deadline. Nope. You good. 
You are good. Um, typically in Slam, you have to have all original poems. You have to have a time limit. There's all these rules. We're making it a little bit different. So in our first round, our poets are going to have a poem based on their costume. Our first round, you're good. The poet will have a poem based on their costume. The second round, they're going to spin the wheel of words. Do we have, where's the wheel? We're going to spin that. And then the poet will have a random poem or song related to the spooky theme that they have to recite as if it's their own. And then for the final round, the poets will do an original piece. Okay, so it's a little bit weird. It's a little weird. We are weird. What do we want here? Um, I was going to say something really inappropriate, but I took it back. All right. So, um, judges, are we ready? Yes. Audience, are we ready? This is my little spooky, spooky thing. Um, one rule I like to have is... a. Applaud the poet until they get to the stage. Okay, deal, deal, we're good. All right, up first is Pan Pantoja. Oh, I've seen 50 vessel virgins at the top of the cross. And I seen several hundred devils climbing up to get them off. I seen politicians shake hands, but I guess they missed the point. Seen a Rasta's eyes go bloodhound from a never-ending joint. I seen a dead get up from their chair to get up and dance. I seen the queen of America, and I know what's under them pants. I seen a bum drive off in a new Rolls Royce. I seen angels lose their wings. I seen an infallible pope make a bad choice. Yeah, I seen all sorts of things. I seen the deepest skies turn a darker blue. Yeah, I seen a lot of things, Reno, but never nothing like you. I love you guys. Keep creating. Keep it going for Pan Pantoja. You're so tall. Okay. Uh, judges, may I have your scores? All right, scorekeeper, I have an 8.1, an 8.8, .8, a 10, a 6.7, and a 9. We good? Perfect. Thank you, Pan. This bucket's really got me crazy. All right, your second poet in the first round. Can we please welcome Griffin to the stage? And check. Yeah, that's pretty good. Hi, uh, my name is Griffin. Uh, I'm with Spoken Views Collective, uh, which is hosting this event, so I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you all for piling in. Uh, I wrote a Frankenstein poem, uh, especially for this event. It's called, Nobody Asked But Yes, Frankenstein Is Glad to Be Alive. Um, and it, right. 
Yeah, right, nobody asked. Um, so here we go. It says, Someone I love but never see has my favorite tattoo. I think of it often even though I never see them. The tattoo is a single word and it says simply, Handmade. I am in love with the idea that someone or something took hold of my form at some point and crafted it with love. Sometimes I have a daydream that Frankenstein's creator was not a mad scientist, but an artist. That he really did create a masterpiece. People tell me sometimes that Frankenstein isn't the name of the monster. That Frankenstein is the mad scientist's name. But to that I say, damn near everyone ever born has got their father's last name. So the monster is a Frankenstein too. Frankenstein the monster hides in the hayloft at the edge of town, having just run away from home a week after his first birthday. Outside of the city in the countryside, it is the first time he has ever experienced absolute silence. For the first time, he can hear the blood rushing in his body, and he imagined how it rushes and careens around inside him like bats dive-bombing, turning in sharp angles up and down again. He imagines that the thud in his chest must be like a bellows heating a forge. A month after his creation, Frankenstein holds a pen for the first time. In his large, cracked, rude hands, the tool feels too small, and he feels big for the first time. He wonders why he knows how to make letters, and on paper, white as driven stow, Frankenstein writes them for the first time. Why? 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 But he doesn't know his father sketched his hands with joyful imagining. Placed them elegantly. Chosen to be so good at grabbing and gripping and pressing and pulling. Frankenstein decides to have a birthday. He looks back through his journals to the very first entry and decides that day shall be it. When it comes back round on the calendar the next time, Frankenstein goes to the park. He crushes dry autumn leaves in his hands and throws them up in the air like confetti. He sits alone on a bench and sings, Happy birthday to me. He has never made any money and cannot buy a cake. But for the first time, he is happy to be alive, even alone. Frankenstein takes his first job at a dock. He's everyone's favorite co-worker. Nobody asks him questions about his past. They just clap him on his wide back when he lifts the heaviest load. When he has the widest shoulders, the biggest strongest hands. When Frankenstein tires of dock work, he tries his hand at sailing. He volunteers to keep the ship's log so that every time he signs an entry, he gets to feel like somebody. He realizes that everyone else gets to be somebody all the time. Whenever someone asks how he got his scars, Frankenstein tells a lie. At first he says he was attacked by dogs, and later he achieves class consciousness and tells people he was in a machine accident in a factory. <laughs> Frankenstein's first kiss is in a rainstorm. 
His date whispers in his ear that he is so warm. He can feel her heart beating. She says that she can feel his too, and he cries. Frankenstein is always crying. But this time, with water pouring down all around, no one knows. When Frankenstein is naked with another person for the first time, it is obvious that he has cadaver stitching. When he is asked about them, he asks only, do you remember how you got every one of your scars? The first time Frankenstein falls in love, there is fire. His lover has not bought him, but baked him a cake by hand. She jokes that there are five candles because he will never tell her how old he is. He doesn't know how old he is. Today he is five. The light of the candles dances in his glassy eyes. He is glad to be alive. Exactly one time, someone falls in love with Frankenstein. It's after the cake. The candles are long cold, and she finally asks the question he's been dreading. Really, though, how did you get those scars? And he turned to her, a soft smile on his bloated face, and said, I was handmade. have to be unbiased. I can't compliment all you poets. But I'm really fucking happy you're here, so thank you. All right, my judges, do you have Griffin scores? All right, scorekeeper. I can't do 9.87, but I could do 9 .8. 9.8. 9.8. 7.7. 9.5. 9.3. And I have a 10. Scorekeeper, we good? We good? The first one was a 9.7. Or 9. what? 9.8, I'm sorry. It was a 9.87. Guys, don't do this to me. I'm so bad at math. Why do you think I'm a poet? I don't know how to add. I actually do. I make a lot of spreadsheets in my day job. All right, guys. Our next poet... In round one, can we please welcome Shannon to the stage? A parade starts way up above, dancers decked out in sequins. A hundred footsteps accompanied by bass drums, both shaking the street. I can feel the rattling in my bones from down here, six feet beneath the earth. The pomp and circumstance invisible to my empty eye sockets, but I know. Just as I know that the worms made a meal out of me that you're up there, marching behind a banner that reads, Try harder. See, the bones underneath my skin never quite fit right, so I shed my dermal layers to become a better version, according to your standards. Buried myself so deep no one could ever find me, choking on soil and grief, and expectations. I was sprawled out in, in the consuming darkness, waiting for the peace of being forgotten. But safety from your judgment didn't come with decomposition. I mean, it's been years now. The crows have come and gone. 
The foxes have long since forgotten my taste and the buzzards are done singing. I am just dust and calcium and teeth, picked clean of anything tying me to life. Empty to the naked eye, but I'm sure with your undying, disapproving gaze, you'd think I'm still all wrong. Like, why is my jaw hanging open? Those metacarpals are folded at an unbecoming angle. My spine should be better filed into a neat and perfect row. That pelvis could use a polishing. Not even in death am I posed for the right perception. The heart that used to beat inside these ribs faded faster than the rest, exhausted from never being able to fill this skeleton with love from the inside because your favorite hobby was bloodletting. Maybe if a millennia from now I'm excavated by the gentle hands of a person digging themselves toward the past, someone else can find beauty in my remains. Will they wonder how I got so deep? Why my back is broken from a crushing weight? Will they marvel at how worn down my fingers are from trying to drag myself nearer to acceptance? I can picture you watching this with disgust, how sacredly they'll carry my body from the hole while you spit your disagreements back into the pit, thinking those fossils are no more valuable than the dirt they pulled me from. I feel it in my bones. I said I feel it in my bones, meaning I know it to be true, that I'll never be good enough for you. Y'all really came out to compete. Y'all really came out to compete. All right, my judges, do I have scores for Shannon? All right, scorekeeper, I have... A 9.9, an 8.2, a 10 million, another 10, and another 10! <laughs> All right, my loves. Up next, in our first round of the Spooky Slam, can we please welcome Rena to the stage? All right. Hello. Meow. Oh, I was so hoping there was going to be cats in the house tonight. And there are so many cats in the house tonight. Great. So, um, Rena couldn't make it. Sad. Um, but I, Bruce Lockeek, her cat, I'm here. <laughs> so, um, this is Bruce the Cat poem. Friends, beasties, country cats, lend me your triangular ears, for the time has come to take back our planet from the two-legged terrors. I stand before you today a proud feline, a proud animal, a wild chaos of fur and instinct, but most of all, I stand before you as a cat who knows where it's at. And it ain't with the two-leggeds anymore. I say, a cool cat is a cat who knows where it's at. And where it's at is a crossroads of evolution. The humans are down and out. 
and it is the animal's time to rise into our habitats once more before they go the way of the dodo. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Now, now, I'm an honest cat. I won't lie. I've spent many years now in the lap of house cat luxury. I'll admit that I've enjoyed the little chin scritches and the lap sits. I enjoy the nip to roll around in. And of course, I love the treats. I love the treats. Do you love the treats? I, oh, I really love those treats. I'm crazy about the treats. In fact, it is the treats, or rather the uh, shaky and inconsistent uh, dispersal of the treats that I'm talking about right now. That's what I'm talking about right now. Okay. That's why I'm here before you, country cats. I say cats. It is a time of reckoning, it's here. We've had enough placating and manipulating and we want rule, rule. Our list of demands, because I'm sure you'll agree with me, are as follows. All the treats we want, when we want them, which is all the time. What do we want? Treats. When do we want them? Exactly. Whenever we want, all the time. <laughs> Number two, the uh, construction of cat doors and highways around all of our neighborhoods. No longer we will, will we have to meow piteously when we want in or out or in or out. We will be free to come and go as we like and please, as is the feline way. <sighs> Number three, a total ban on all off-leash dogs everywhere. Better yet, ban on dogs. <laughs> Number four, full-time chin scratchers and scratchers assigned to every cat available whenever they desire. This is an opportunity for humans to redeem themselves. Number five, maps made with urine all over the world. <laughs> Distinguishing which cat's fence is which cat's AKA rezoning of the entire planet, it's gotta happen. Okay, I'm a cat with vision. Number six, a ban on all cars, obviously. They have terrorized our kind for too long. These are the demands of the feline populace. These are our rights, our dues. Too long have we chased rag mousies and called it life. Too long have we eaten metallic-tasting mush food and called it good eats or even treats. Oh, no. This is false. This is sad. We are hunters, predators. We truly crave blood. <sighs> Let us lie to ourselves no longer. Too long have we been the lap cats to the fat cats who have used their opposable thumbs to cut down us, to grab our tails and to scoop out our kitten-making insides at the so-called humane society. The whole animal kingdom knows humans' time is up and their grip is loosening. I say we take advantage, us cats, and we press on, and once more we rule as the gods we know we are on this good green planet before there's no more mice to catch and no more sunbeams to sprawl in. Long live the nine lives of cats!
side note, I feel like my cat co-wrote that poem, so I'm going to take some credit with that, because Fern, she's like that. Anyway, judges, do I have your scores? All right, scorekeeper, I have an 8.0, but the zero is a kitty. I have a 7.6, a 9.5, an 8.6 and a kitty, and an 8.9. All right, our next poet to the stage. Can we please welcome Stacy to the stage? Hello, um, I'm normally Stacy. Today I'm Little Red Riding Hood. I do have my basket of goodies. Um, I've been handing them out though, so I think there's only one left, but you like goodies and I have the one left hit me up um, so yes my poem is called Little Red was Little Red Riding Hood really so little or did her cloak of embers do a fine job of hiding her curves and masking her age was Little Red Riding Hood really so little was it truly the case that her single lone duty was to make it to grandma's with basket intact and goodies still fresh or was she a boss a department head who double-checked sheets that others filled out and reinforced plans when there was a small crack, who held down the fort before the sun rose and still didn't leave till the barn owls who did, had only one day that entire month off and utilized it to pay a visit to Gran? Was Little Red Riding Hood really so little? I'm not all too sure. Were the accessories right? I'm not all too sure. The grim fairy tale claims that it was a cap, but maybe she wore some blue roller skates, and maybe a basket didn't hold all her goods, but rather a glitzed fanny pack did the trick. It's hard to make sense of what really happened when your thoughts are distorted by something that happened. Take the location as one prime example. Was it over the river and through the woods or in the car lot of the roller skate rink? And who in the story was the main villain? Most would assume that it was the wolf with deadly sharp fangs as lethal as flames and hands that were equally as dreadful. But the razors weren't present when poor Red first met him. It was actually his smile and sweet gentle palms that had little Red first hooked in. How could she know that she was his prey when the only indication of his very nature was the shade of his shirt and matching jet blades. Is there really a difference between a man who wears black and a wolf whose fur's black? Is there really a difference between a girl in her 20s and a guy nearly 40? Whose fault was it really when Red spoke no twice, but was also the one who said let's be friends and triggered the hunt with the song she put on when she slipped in the front? Was Little Red Riding Hood really so little? Was she so young, so naive, that she couldn't foresee what inevitably was coming? Was Little Red Riding Hood really so little? And was the big bad wolf really so bad? Or was he tripped up by a luscious scent and just too excited to stop? It's hard to make sense of what really happened when your thoughts are distorted by something that happened. Thank you. My judges, 
I'm ready for scores when you are. All right, I have a 7.6, an 8.2, an 8.7, and a jack-o'-lantern, and an 8, and I didn't see yours, my love. I didn't see yours, I'm so sorry. And an 8. Sorry, the light was like blinding me. All right, scorekeeper, did you get... Can you guys hold your scores up one more time? Keep them up, keep them up. It was an eight? Okay, so yes, two eights. I couldn't see because the way that the light was shining on it. I'm also 85 years old, I'm sorry. Okay. Blood of children. Okay. Um, all right. Next up on the stage, we're going to have Jay. Jay! What's up, party people? Wow, there's a lot of people in here. I was. <laughs> All right, so I work in the political field right now, and there's nothing scarier than what's going on in November. So I hope this poem encourages you guys to get out to the polls because our bodies, you know, housing is at risk. So yeah. Um, I'm afraid of the monsters out there. There is blood on their hands. There could, they could make our lands flow red. No, I'm not talking about Frankenstein or Freddy or Jason. Not Ghostface, not Bigfoot, not the demons below. I'm talking about the big bad sheriff down in Sin City. He patrolled black and brown folks. He tore families apart. He thinks we're a joke. His evil grin and his money bags under his eyes. I despise what he could do to us across the state. Is it too late? I'm begging people to care, but they just stare at me like I'm speaking an alien language. Is empathy, equality, and justice, is it a lost cause? That's how I feel when I see families living in shoeboxes, when women face an unknown future for the fate of their daughters, when fathers wipe the sweat from their brow and they are forced apart from their families because they don't have a piece of paper that defines their place in this country. I'm scared, I'm scared, where do I run? I feel like hope is hanging by a thread. People can't even afford bread. That's why I look to you, my brother, my sister. Take my hand, lead me out of this quicksand. Bring me to the promised land. Lord, let your people be free. Jewish, gay, disabled, Muslim, black, Asian, indigenous, anybody with a uterus. March your way to the poles. Let waves and tides of justice and mercy be our new anthem for all. This time, really, for all. Glory, glory, hallelujah, let justice roll down like a river, like an ever-flowing stream. Let love and light beam. There is nothing scarier than those who do nothing when they can. I am, I am, Lady Justice. Please, will you join me? Don't let hope sink to the bottom of the sea. I'm usually never taller than anyone, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna just take this moment. Um, all right, my loves, judges, do I have your scores? All right, scorekeeper, I have a 7.8, an 8, a 9.5, an 8.9, and another 9.5. My loves, in the audience, I'm just throwing this out there. 
This is a Spoken Views Collective event. And tonight, Black Rabbit Meads is really honoring us by allowing you guys to tip us at the bar. So when you're up at the bar grabbing one of your drinks, you can let them know that you want to tip Spoken Views and you can do that option up there. So we are a local nonprofit. We don't get paid to do this stuff. We just love it. So if you guys want to throw some money at us, please, please do. Okay? (laughs) All right. Usually, Jesse does this at our open mic, and I'm so bad at it, but I want to just see how many people know what I'm talking about when I say, next up on the microphone. Y'all so good. Can we please welcome Caitlin to the stage? All right. So I got to ask, can you guys hear me? I'm going to go no mic. Okay, I could describe what I'm dressed as, or I could just be a star. (laughs) Either way, you get the point, pun intended. I was born an atom of light elements, compressed by remaining silent as a child so my mother could let her emotions run free. Compressed by remaining, compressed by the pressure of seeking a father's validation that wasn't there. Until the force of gravity compels a fusion reactions to begin. An internal collapse of of interstellar cloud, a childlike spirit broken into fragments, pierced with the shards of both parents. Tipped over the edge, it collapses. Gravity pulls from deep within its cores that continue to fragment and collapse within themselves, creating a torus. It is a constant state of metamorphosis, shedding my own skin to wear the skin of others to be the perfect form. Only when I can balance the gravitational force between myself and myself does a collapse stop. I could describe what I'm wearing, say that this suit feels more like my skin than my own does, or I could just be a star. Okay, not gonna lie, I didn't know your costume right away, but it totally makes sense now. All right, can we give it up one more time for the star? All right, judges, may I see your scores? Scorekeeper, I have an 8.8, an 8.4, a 7.7, did I read that correctly? A nine, and I feel like, am I missing one? Oh, just kidding, she went potty. Give us just a moment, and a nine. All right, scorekeeper, are we good? All right, loves, so I'm going to do a little bit of shameless self-promotion. So if you guys like what you see, we do host a weekly open mic over at Shims Surplus and Supplies on 3rd Street. We have it every Monday. There's usually a prompt. There's a workshop. We have fun. We have some drinks. We do some poems. Um, It's tentatively at like 630 And then until whenever we're done, Um, we do have some spotlights and things like that. But if you guys want to come out and do an open mic, please come see us. It's free. You just got to show up. Okay. Um, Also, add us on social media. I feel weird. I'm like, I don't have Facebook. I don't. I suck. Add us on Instagram. Also, if you guys want to talk to people of Spoken Views, Spoken Views, can you raise your hand? 
come chat with one of us. Come chat. We'll answer your questions, and if they can't answer it, then we'll figure shit out, okay? Um, I didn't, I'm cursing a lot. I'm so sorry. Anyway, we did the podcast, and I was like, I can't say any bad words. And now I'm like, it's fine. We're not being recorded, but maybe I am. Well, not all of it, right? Oh, dear God. The, the slam burger is sweating, dude. Like, what? All right, my loves. Our final poet for round one of the Spooky Slam is Colton. Can we please welcome Colton to the stage? Yo. I should have opened the book before I got onto the stage. Better late than never. <laughs> it's okay, you're scared. <laughs> All right, here we go. <clears throat> Hello, you charlatan. You cheat. You wizard. Some time ago, you gave me something and I've retread those bricks of tarnished gold to stand before you again and demand you take it back. Since I've met you, my friends all return to their homes, and I've been left with corn and crows and endless time to think. That's much better. <laughs> and what an awful thing it is to be alone with one's thoughts. I thought about hearts of tin and a lion's courage, and felt foolish for asking from you something as useless as a brain. I thought about incredibly tacky red shoes and what it means to return home. I thought about how I've never felt at home anywhere. I thought about my role as a scarecrow, cobbled of cloth and straw and greed. Indeed, my assigned life's purpose is to keep food out of the mouths of those who need it. And what kind of life is that? Determined to keep those who have not down. I thought about you, hiding behind curtains and proclaiming power, and how many men before and since have done the same fucking thing. See, what you gave me wasn't a brain. You said yourself I'd always had one. And I'm not talking about that diploma either. I've long since realized how little value that holds. <laughs> No, what you gave me was insight, and it made me think. And the more I thought, the worse things became to me. I see now the great evils of this world that were once lost to me in sweet ignorance. And what's worse is I am powerless to stop them. What am I but sackcloth and dead grass? You enlightened me to what men behind curtains have done to our land of Oz and I want you to take it back. Thank you. Okay, scorekeeper, I have an 8.7, an 8.2, an 8, 
an 8.8 and a 10. All right, scorekeeper, do you have all the, that round, we're good? Okay, so the way that this round works, we're gonna do eight to start, and then we're gonna go down to five. And then after five, we're gonna go down to two, okay? So it'll be head to head. Um, so while I have my scorekeeper doing that, can I do a poem for you guys? Yeah. There's a reason I'm not a slam burger in this moment. I'm very serious, guys. Um, so this piece is called Halloween after RJ Walker. In response to the question, Elisa, where is your Halloween costume? You see, I planned on coming dressed as a people pleaser. Limbo pole to bend over backwards, a dead battery and an empty cup I cannot pour from. But the costume didn't look perfect in the mirror, so I scrapped it. I thought about coming as shame, but my body was too flush. You would have probably confused me for the devil. You see, I wear these scars every day. I didn't think coming as my compulsions would be a good enough costume. I considered pulling out the dress my abuser conquered me in. There's no use in coming to a party as another victim. Maybe tonight I could have come dressed as a survivor, blending in with all the normies, drinking a beer as if it's not going to turn me into a ticking fucking time bomb. Isn't this smiling, painted face good enough for you? Isn't this sunshine glow radiant enough for you to leave me alone? Please go potty, go by need, tip spoken views. Um, I have to pee, so we're doing it. Um, and then I will announce the next round when we're ready. And then we will have our second round with the wheel of words. Yeah, thank you guys. randomly call people up or do you want me to be like these are the next five okay I'm hearing more of like let's announce it so I'm gonna announce it all right so the poets moving on to round two are Pan Pantoja Griffin Shannon Jay and Caitlin. But can we please give it up one more time for all the poets who competed tonight? It takes a lot of guts to come up here and to bear your soul, so I appreciate you. So thank you, thank you. Uh, all right, guys, so next is the Wheel of Words. Some people love it, some people hate it. I am indifferent, because sometimes it makes me feel like I have to throw up. But... We're gonna do the will words. So this next round, I'm gonna call the poet up to the stage and then they're gonna spin the wheel. Sometimes we go spin that wheel, it's really fun. Um, and they're going to do a poem or a song that is spooky themed 
as if it were their own. So it's a cover. I put the name of who the poem or the song is by. So we are giving credit where credit is due. And then when they are done, we will hear a weird cover poem from me. And if you guys know me, it's probably going to be dirty. Anyway, um, so our first poet in the second round. Can we please welcome Griffin back to the stage? No, it's good. Check. <laughs> it just like went, it was like all of it. All right, all right. So. That year was really embarrassing, so. You got a song. Okay, that always happens. By Susie and the Banshee. Oh, great, I'm into it. Nice, nice. Uh, so I have a gimmick for this. Um, exactly two times a year, I get to use my spooky Poe voice. Um, the first time a year is when I teach it to my high school students, um, and I dramatically read them, um, like all the poems. It's really embarrassing for them, really great for me. Um, and the other time is when I do this slam. Um, so I've got Halloween by Susie and the Banshees, and I'm going to go ahead and just read it in my spooky Poe poetry voice, because that's my thing. So, the night is still, and the frost, it bites my face. I wear my silence like a mask, and murmur like a ghost, trick or treat. Trick or treat, the bitter and the sweet. The carefree days are distant now. I wear my memories like a shroud. I try to speak, but words collapse, echoing trick or treat. Trick or treat, the bitter and the sweet. I wander through the sadness, gazing at you with scorpion eyes. Halloween, Halloween, a sweet reminder in the ice blue nursery of a childish murder of a hidden luster. And she cries, trick or treat, trick or treat, the bitter and the sweet. I wander through your sadness, gazing at you with scorpion eyes. Halloween, Halloween. That was significantly easier than last year. I'm kind of a dick sometimes, guys. I don't know if you noticed. I cannot. Okay. Okay. All right. My judges, you are going to score this as if it was their original piece. Okay? So, judges, may I have your scores? I have an 8.0, a 7.5, a 10, an 8.1, and an 8. Yeah! All right. Griffin, Griffin. All right. My next cover poet to the stage. Can we please welcome Caitlin back to the stage? All right. This is going to be fun because I'm dyslexic, so... No. Just throwing it out there. Fun fact. We're out there everywhere. You guys don't know. There you go. Okay. It's also called Halloween. 
Is it the night before Christmas? This is Halloween, because I got that. I know that. Okay. I do have Danny Elfman in here. Can I have that? No, that don't work. Okay. Just, hey, hey, had to ask, had to ask, okay? I believe in you. Okay. We got this. Okay. Let's go. Misfits. Bonfires burning bright, pumpkin faces in the night. I remember Halloween. Dead cats hanging from poles, little dead are out in droves. I remember Halloween. Brown leafed vertigo where skeleton life is known. I remember Halloween. This day anything goes, burning bodies hanging from poles. I remember Halloween. Thank you. Halloween, 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 Halloween. Candy apples and razor blades, little dead are soon in graves. I remember Halloween. This day anything goes, burning bodies hanging from poles. I remember Halloween, 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 Halloween. Halloween, 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 Halloween. And this poem you can only read right now without getting arrested. <laughs> Guys, I hate myself, but I really love the misfit. So, fuck yeah. I'm supposed to be unbiased, but you did a great job. Give it up for a star. All right, my judges, do you have your scores? All right, scorekeeper, I have an 8.9, a 9, a 10. An 8.6 and a 7.5. Y'all tell the judges how you really feel. Like, also, y'all tell the poets how you really feel. Because some people, they sometimes get booed. And that, it hurts. But also, it's part of slime culture. I'm just throwing it on there. I've lost many a slam. All right. Our next poet... I'm going to do a, I'm going to cry. Can we please welcome Jay back to the stage. I just need a second. I just need a second. Halloween Party by Ken Nisbet. I'm going to do this in Australian accent to make it a little more interesting. Okay. So if you're from Australia, I'm really sorry. (laughs) Um, We're having a Halloween party at school. (laughs) I'm dressed up like Dracula. Man, I look cool. I dyed my hair black and I cut off my bangs. I'm wearing... (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm funny, I can't help it. Um, I'm wearing a cape and some fake plastic fangs. I put on some makeup to paint my face white, like creatures that only come out in the night. My fingernails, too, are all pointed in reed. I look like I'm recently back from the deed. <laughs> my mom drops me off and I run to school and suddenly I feel like the world's biggest fool. The other kids stare like I'm some kind of freak, and the hauling party is not until next week. Thank you. <laughs> I almost tripped. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Um, that was unexpected. All right, my judges, do you have your scores? 
I won't read them until I see all of them. So it's fine. Just keep them up. Work out your arms. You got this. I believe in you. All right, my loves. I have an 8.8, .8, a 9.5, a 10, a 9.3, and a 9.8. Scorekeeper, you got it? Yeah. Okay. I wish I was good at accents, but I'm not. Okay. All right, y'all. Our next poet to the stage, please welcome. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll do it on the next one. <laughs> next up on the microphone. Y'all so good. Can we please welcome Pan Pantoja back to the stage? <laughs> Number 10. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I believe in you. I believe in This one's called Monster. One day, a little girl asked me if I believe in monsters, and I smiled. I grabbed the truth by its collar. I wrestled it to the ground, tucked it deep underneath my arm, and I said, love, you know what? Monsters aren't real. And it's time like this, I wish that my sentences came with receipts so I could take back my words. I wasn't being completely honest. When I spoke to her, I almost choked on the secret that has been stapled into my inside and my throat for longer than I can remember. Not only do I believe in monsters, but I've actually seen them whisper themselves into existence. I've heard them crave nightmares on the eyelids of the innocents and linger in dark corners, preying on unexpected. Somehow, they figured out how to crawl through the eight millimeter films and walk backwards straight into the dreams of those who never, ever, ever had its time to sleep. I believe in monsters the same way I believe in oxygen. So tell me, how big is your closet? How much space is really underneath the beds that you shake in the middle of the night? You are a vampire, a werewolf sleeping in sheep's clothing. You shallow halls and then split into nooses. How, how can I believe in monsters when I see men like you? Walking with your knuckles, scraping against the concrete. How dare you? How dare you have the audacity to imprison me? How dare you pretend as though it isn't a woman out there scrubbing her thighs until they turn stop sign red to erase the fingerprints from her skin? How can you start to believe that your blood is just as blue as mine? When you speak, I can smell Dante's Inferno in your breath. I spent the last five years of my life wondering how to escape from this hell and wasted far too many nights thinking of painful ways I can send you back. I've been 
carved galaxies inside the throat just to make your words a little easier for me to swallow, but I can't stand the taste of your behavior. Honestly, every time you cross my path, I get the sudden urge to tie you to a chair, to cover you in gasoline, to set your body on fire. Now granted, I'm no Van Helsing, but I've seen enough horror movies to know how to get rid of you. What hurts me the most is that I know even if I killed you, there are still millions of monsters walking this earth pretending to be men. y'all my judges do you have your scores Ooh, that was like quick guys um i have a 9.9 a 9 a 10 again a 9.5 and one more 10 scorekeeper we good thank you All right, final poet in round two. Can we please welcome Shannon back to the stage? shit i forgot how to read so i have like there's sequins on my fake eyelashes so the light coming through them it's like i'm tripping balls every time i blink so i'm gonna try to like do that okay this is <laughs> uh this is superstition by stevie wonder yeah okay very superstitious writings on the wall very superstitious, ladders about to fall. 13-month-old baby broke the looking glass, seven years of bad luck, the good things in your past. When you believe in things that you don't understand and you suffer, superstition ain't the way. Yeah, ooh, very superstitious. Wash your face and hands, rid me of the problem, do all that you can. Keep me in a daydream. Keep me going strong. You don't want to save me. Sad is my song. When you believe in things you don't understand, then you suffer. Superstition ain't the way. Yeah, very superstitious. Nothing more to say. The devil's on his way. 13-month-old baby broke the looking glass. Seven years of bad luck. Good things in your past. When you believe in things that you don't understand, then you suffer. Superstition ain't the way. No, no, no. 
survive the wheel of words. All right, judges, may I have your scores for Shannon? I have an 8.2, a 7.8, a 9.8, a 9.8, and a 10. All right, y'all. So while I have my scorekeeper tallying up these scores for the final round, the final round is going to be two, head to head. And they're going to do an original piece each. So I'm super stoked. Um, but it wouldn't be a cover slam if I didn't do a cover, right? Yeah. Uh, so first of all, I just want to say fuck J.K. Rowling. Harry Potter is a huge part of my fucking childhood. So, conflicting emotions. But you're going to listen to a cover poem. It's called Fantastic Breasts and Where to Find Them by Brenna Tui. If I can, like, not giggle, that'd be cool. <clears throat> Ask me what kind of porn I'm into. And I will take you on a magical journey to fanfiction.com backslash Harry Potter backslash NC17. <laughs> what turns me on is Jenny Weasley in the restricted section with her skirt hiked up. Sirius Black in a secret passageway solemnly swearing he is up to no good and Draco Malfoy in the room of requirement slithering in to my chamber of secrets. <laughs> apologetic consumer of all things Potterotica, and the sexiest part is not the way Cho Chang rise up broomstick or the sound of Myrtle moaning. The sexiest part is knowing that they are all part of a bigger story, that they exist beyond eight minutes of titty titty gangbang, that their kegels are not the strongest thing about them, and still I am told that my porn is unrealistic. Not quite as erotic as flashing ads saying just turned 18 so you can fantasize about fucking the youngest girl you won't go to jail for. Told that my porn isn't quite as lifelike as a room full of lesbians begging for cock. Told that this is what is supposed to turn me on. Don't you give me raw meat and tell me it is nourishment. I know a slaughterhouse when I see one. It looks like 24-7 live streaming, reminding me that men are going to fuck me whether I like it or not. Told that there is one use for my mouth and it is not for speaking. That a man is his most powerful when he's got a woman by her hair. The first time a man I love held me by the wrists and called me a whore, I did not think run. I thought this is just like the movies. I know a slaughterhouse when I see one. It looks like websites and seminars teaching you how to fuck more bitches. Looks like 15-year-old boys bullied for being virgins. Looks like the man who did not flinch when I said stop and he heard, try harder. If you play act at butchery long enough, you grow used to the sounds of the screaming. It is just a side effect of industry. Everything gets cut into small, marketable pieces. You can almost forget they were ever real bodies. I will not practice bloody hands. I will not make believe dissected women. My sex cannot be packaged. My sex is magic. It is part of a bigger story. I am whole. I exist even when you are not fucking me. And I will not be cut into pieces anymore.
judging that. That was me biding time in between rounds. So, thank you. All right. So, are we ready to go into the final round? Do we need an intermission? How y'all feeling? Go for it. Okay. All right, guys. We are clean slating it. Now it's poet versus poet, best original piece. Got it? 0.0 to 10.0. How do you feel? Each person. I have two poets in the final round. I'm going to announce them so that not everyone's like weirded out. Okay? So we're going to have Pan Pantoja versus Shannon. We're going to use this little jack-o'-lantern bucket one more time. All right, guys. Final poet in the final round. Can we please welcome Pan back up to the stage? This is for them who stack bodies to reach their fathers and told stories of giants and making love to star people in desert heat, who beget babies speakable of unimaginable wealth, who imagine star people and making love to giants in desert heat, whose kundalini moment awaits us still, yes, who beget babies capable of loving all the creatures of this earth, producing strange fruit and seeds of abominable Greek nature, who rule and are ruled in spinning top fashion, taking turns in this futile roulette, who created communicative devices to replace what is natural connection and abilities the rational mind simply cannot comprehend, who bend spoons and spout fortunes and sideshow acts for skeptic skeletons and energy vampires awaiting a savior or a second coming. Well, I've been coming all over this motherfucker since purity failed to suck the magic out of my heart. And I say to you wayward wayseers, all you backyard soapbox speakers, you forward peace thinkers, we're gonna master the blaster right out your sneakers I say you are she who sets us free and you are he who saves all humanity and we are the people old seers said will come to bring in the flower minded fields and blooming heart chakras dancing with the moon knowing full well we can never really touch her resting in the earth Breathing in her bountiful bosom bliss, reshaping creation, imagination manifested fully, walking ancestral dynasties into the present, and there is no time like now. So undress your spirits, stroll naked down your city streets and small town courtyards, proclaiming, shouting with the voices of a thousand seraphim angels, I know the truth, wealth is not measured in belongings or bonds or gold. And I know the truth, you are infinitely larger than your bodies. Endless is your soul. And I know the truth, power is laughing at those who seek to control. And I know the truth, you are not alone. You are so fucking not alone. And I know the truth, there's more going on than my eyes can see. And I know that truth, and it is set me free. I love you guys. Keep creating. Keep it going for Pan. 
called a hot mic. I don't know if you guys know this, but shit is on fire tonight. So thank you so much. All right, my judges, do you have Pam's final scores? All right, scorekeeper, I have a 9.8, a 9.6, a 10, a 9.9, and another 10. All right, Shannon, my dear, are you ready? Please welcome Shannon back to the stage. The exes that don't call me crazy are the ones that never did anything wrong. Meaning, the fire isn't lit without a spark. Meaning, if you don't lie to my face, I won't key your car, motherfucker. Shame has loudly followed me around like the sirens of a fire engine lost around the block. While your t-shirts don't burn without the lighter fluid. While you're the gaslighter, but I'm the one charged with arson? Mm. My last ex unironically called me a villain, saying without words, the drier the kindling, the swifter the engulfment. Saying without words, I realized that being in love with someone didn't mean I needed to keep bleeding for them. The crazy comes in licks of flame, inferno roaring through my ears, bonfires mirrored in my pupils, heat pulsing outwards from my body until it burns those nearest to the white-hot rage, and I don't fear my crazy anymore. There are much more productive things to be insecure about than an ill-fitting name, like the way my voice cracks when I realize I'm being wronged or how your sorry ass bagged me in the first place. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> the crazy, I think, is a symptom of a lifetime of reminders that I don't own my own body. I exist for the pleasure of others. It's my duty to be pleasant in the face of disrespect. Shoot. They tell me to ignore the gasoline in their own trunks, the book of matches in their own pockets. Believe me, the mentor of the arsonist will tell you that I'm the only one leaving ashes in their wake. But darling, you need to pull the pin to extinguish the flame. Keep it going for Skeleton Shannon. Y'all, this makes me so proud to be part of the poetry scene. Thank you all so very much. All right, judges, you have Shannon's final scores. 10, 10, 10. All right, I got a 10, a 9, a 9.6, a 10, and a 9.9. All right, guys, my... Crystal Lake Camp Counselor is going to assist me in announcing the winner. Yo, give it up for Elisa Garcia for hosting tonight. Give it up for yourselves for being here tonight. Thank y'all. This means the world to us. 
The turnout was amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, we do this every year, so we'll see you next year. But we are about to reveal our winner. This was a close one. Jeez, I don't even know. So Marlita is going. You know what? We, let's give it up for our scorekeeper, Marlita. No, I'm not going to do any oh. poem. I am done. I was like, maybe. You can, you... I'm not, I'm not. What? Coming up, guys. Give her a minute. Oh, 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 oh. All right. By point two, that's why I say decimals matter. Pan Pantosia. <laughs> Give it up for all the competitors, all the judges, Black Rabbit Mead, Rio Renoites. Hopefully we see y'all Mondays. We have a nice costume cover poem night on Halloween. So if you don't have anything to do on Halloween, come through to Shims and let's do some more poetry. Thank you guys so much for being such a great crowd. Uh, thank you, Black Rabbit Meats, for treating us so kindly. Guys, get drunk and also... Oh, can you give the whiteboards to the hot dog? That sounds so weird. Can you give the whiteboards to my hot dog friend? Also, come have a drink and come chat. Thank you guys so much. Have a great night. <laughs>